Hello, and welcome to the Say It Out Loud podcast. I am your host, Christine Daynard, and the goal of this podcast is to encourage you to live your best and most authentic life by digging deeper and finding connection through vulnerability. I believe we have been taught that vulnerability is a weakness, when in fact, it is our superpower. In this space, I will share personal stories and conversations with others so you can be empowered by their strength and inspired to take action in your own life. Thank you so much for being here. Now let's get started. Okay, here we are. Welcome back to the podcast. You've got me here, Christine. And I'm sitting around Sunshine Island with someone I've known for some time now, actually, through like all many different life experiences, in fact. Uh, Barb Cook is here to chat with me, and we're going to talk about a variety of things. But as you know, we don't necessarily always know what's going to come out when we're having and starting these conversations. And I believe this is Barb's ever first podcast, is it not? It is. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just going to, I'm a big fan of like calling a, an elephant out of the room. So like it's nervousness, right? Like we feel nervous and sort of like, oh, on edge, what am I going to say when we start talking in a podcast for the very first time? Yeah, slightly terrified would yeah. probably be a good way to describe it, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, but when we put words to it, I find that it helps. Like we call it out. It's like, okay, there it is. <laughs> So, I mean, but we're just going to sit here and have a conversation and, um, you know, Barb and I were chatting about, you know, how I was on the lookout for different people who wanted to come and have conversations. And, you know, Barb said, you know, do you think this part of my story would be of interest to people? And I was like, absolutely I do. Because here in this space, in the Say It Out Loud space, we talk about the things that people don't talk about. And we also are here to show other people that they're not alone. And that you can do hard things or things differently. It doesn't, you don't have to do it like inside the box or the way that it's supposed to be or should be. Um, and I think that some of the things that you've done in your life, Barb, are really, I think it's really fascinating. And I think that it, it shows a lot about you and your character for some of the things that you've chosen to do for yourself instead of just doing them the way that other people expect us to do them. So if you wouldn't mind, maybe just give a little introduction like, who is Barb and why did you choose to come today? Well, my name's Barb Cook, and I am a, I've been married for 35 years to the same man and have two kids. Um, I work for myself as a computer geek and technology consultant, and I have a card company where I create cheeky greeting cards for people. Um, Which are fabulous, by the way. Well, thank you. <laughs> and I was thinking about how I met you, and I think it was when the Buzz company was just an idea. And I remember you saying, I'm going to tell you guys, we were sitting around a picnic table, and I'm going to tell you guys what I'm thinking, but nobody can steal my idea. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, wow, like that's good for her to put that out there because this is going to be a success. And, and that was, I think that was my first introduction to you. So yeah. It was kind of cool. Do you remember where that was? It was... Uh, was it at Mandy's house? In her backyard. Yes. I, and I think her parents were there. Yes. So yeah, so that's, I, that's sort of what I was thinking about. But the reason I reached out to you to say, you know, maybe this story might help somebody or maybe be useful to somebody is that um, because I felt like a huge failure until I did this. And it's so crazy when I think about it now. I wasn't a failure. I just hadn't done the thing that I needed to do. Mm. And what that thing was, was finally finish my university degree. Mm. I started it in 1984 and finished it in 2011, and I know you're not great with math. That's 27 years. <laughs> Thank you for pointing out that I'm not great at math. <laughs> I, I think everybody here knows that Christine does not math well. But but really, this is this is kind of neat. So I mean, my first curious, my first curiosity is, you know, first of all, what led you to start this degree? 
And then like what got in your way that it took you 27 years to complete it? So I was, uh, I was going to school in the early eighties. I was in high school and everybody, you know, what are you going to do? You're going to go back. You're going to go to university. You're going to go to college. What are you going to do? I didn't know. I listened to my parents. My dad thought I should be a veterinarian, which I'm not really sure why. I wasn't great at science, but he liked to go to the horse races, so maybe that had something to do with it. <laughs> I don't know. So I applied to the University of Guelph, got in, got there. And you know, when you grow up in Toronto, Guelph is like the end of the earth, mm. right? So I'm like, what am I doing here? What am I doing in this program? I miss home. I'm homesick. I lasted maybe two or three weeks. I don't even know how long. So... That's how it all began. That was 1984. And this was a veterinarian course? It was like a pre, pre-vet, like the Like sciences. almost like a pre-med, but for, but exactly. for a veterinarian. So you take okay. a, science, a few science courses and then you apply to get into the program. So had lofty hopes and then I'm like, what am I doing here? <laughs> so, so called my parents. They came to get me. My dad was happy to have me come home. My mom was furious, mm. furious that I made this decision and really really angry with me hmm. so I'm home I'm you know temp job after temp job blah 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 finally get a real job and they have an education program so I'm like okay well I think I'm going to try this again I'm going to go to York University because it's you know it's not very far from me I lasted maybe a month and that of course wasn't great then I went to U of T and I lasted almost the whole term <laughs> And didn't finish. Then I went to Ryerson, which is now TMU, Toronto Metropolitan University. I actually finished a course there. And um, I got a D plus. And I'm thinking, yeah, maybe post-secondary really isn't for me. <laughs> what am I doing? Yeah. So life goes on. I get married. And uh, my, I'm starting in this job. And I'm starting to do a lot of IT stuff. Not with the education, just because I like it. And I seem to be good at it. And my boss asked me to automate something. And I was fascinated. I thought, wow, this is really cool. Like, I really like this. Maybe this is what I should do. So I looked at Western and a computer science degree. And it's like, nope, not doing it. Not going to make it. No, I can't do it. Like, in my mind, can't do it. So I thought, I'm going to go to college. Wow, that's a, that's a novel idea. Why did I think of this before? <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. But in the meantime, we're living in... Chatham we've moved to Chatham and I lived in Toronto like talk about culture shock I'm not happy there whatever blah 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 but there was a satellite campus for uh Windsor has a college called St. Clair College and they have a satellite campus in Chatham so I say okay I'm gonna go and because I had all this computer experience um they let me do the last year of a three-year program so I only had to go for eight months so I think in my little mind I'm thinking I can do eight months and I I, I like this stuff like I'll stay and I stayed Christine I actually finished <laughs> <laughs> so in 1991 I finished a. I actually had a little piece of paper that said you know what you can do this so um then I decided okay well University of Windsor has some courses there so and they offer them at the same location. So I'm familiar with the college, so I'm probably going to be maybe able to handle university courses because it's a familiar setting. And I go and I take a few courses and then I get pregnant, have my kids. So, of course, I have to quit because, you know, you can't keep going to school when you have little ones. I mean, it's an excuse, right? Mm. So fast forward, we move to Waterloo Region and the company I'm working for has an education program again. Okay, I'm going to try Laurier this time. <laughs> so in case you haven't 
lost count yet. This is now seven post-secondary. <laughs> okay, but, but hold on a second. But, so I want to I stop you there for a second. First of all, take a breath. But I want to stop you there for a second because I'm curious, and I wonder if the listeners, are, listeners as they're listening to this are curious too, is so initially you went to school to become a veterinarian and got a few weeks in and, or a few months in and decided, like, this isn't for me, I'm out. And when you went back to school... Did you go back? Was that for veterinarian as well? Or what was that for? It was for business because I was now working in the business world. So I'm like, okay, well, I should take business courses. Got it. Interesting. Okay. And, and so the, the, this collection of um, college and universities that you did through this period. So we did veterinarian and then we went to business school on several different occasions was all for the same version of like a version of the same course. Is that like a I version so. of business education? Yeah. Okay. I'm just trying to like, sorry, I, I no, no, to don't be sorry. Piece. It's okay. It's it, we forget the details. I'm just <laughs> curious um, if that's so the veterinarian wasn't for you, but because you were in business, it felt like the right thing to do is to follow through with a business degree or diploma. Exactly. Okay. And then when I, the IT stuff kicked in, it's like, okay, well this makes sense. So this is what I'm going to do. But always in the back of my mind. I don't have this university degree. Uh, very often I heard from my mother how much of a failure I was because I didn't have this university degree, which, wow, like really? Like now that I look back on that, mm. I wasn't a failure, <laughs> but I was hearing it at the time mm. because, and I think it was because she um, didn't have the financial opportunity to go to post-secondary. And because I had the opportunity and I didn't do it, I think it was a disappointment. So, mm. Well, and too, like I would say in our culture, you know, it's like uh, probably not just your parents, but it's, and it's probably attached to like our ancestry in those who, um, you know, immigrated from different countries and had to like build a life for themselves. And it's like, we don't quit, right? Like we don't quit. We just keep going in this mentality. And it's funny because like a couple of times you've said like, oh, like, why didn't I think of this before? It's just because, you know, we, we are sort of a product of what we're exposed to. Right. So, yeah. you know, it's almost like I feel like maybe that's what was happening there is that she was feeling like it was a failure for you to not complete because we don't not complete. Right. Because I heard a lot of that same stuff when I was growing up and not just from my parents, but from culture. Right. And um, that we often think that failure is this like bad word, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. like if we didn't finish something or we didn't do something like we said we were going to do that we're somehow failing. When right. the truth is, it's just like a journey. It's like we have to try different things and some things are going to fit and some things aren't, right? So it's like, I love how you you were determined to keep trying on these different hats, right? But interesting how like, you know, maybe now you would do that differently, but at the time that's that's what worked for you. Well, it didn't really work. Well, okay. <laughs> I didn't really stay. No, but... but it's what you did at the time. Yeah. 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 So uh, anyway, I'm taking these courses at now at Laurier and a big project came up at work. Well, you can't go to university and do a big project and have kids at home, Christine. Come on. So I quit. <laughs> of course I quit. So, um, and all this time, Gord, my husband, is getting more and more education. He's completing his PhD by this point. So we're getting further and further away, really, when you think about it. But he didn't care. He's like, you know, you have your IT, this is what you're good at, blah, blah, blah. Why do you beat yourself up? Whatever. So in 2004, he got a job teaching in Newfoundland. So I quit my job and off we went and I took a year off. And during that year, we realized that um, Newfoundland wasn't necessarily going to be for us mm. and had to start thinking about coming back. So I uh, called my old boss and I said, you know, is there a job for me? 
uh, if I come back to Ontario. And she said, well, would you like to be an employee or a consultant? And I thought, wow, that's a opportunity that's not going to come up every day. I'm going to try to be a consultant. So we moved back to Ontario. I start doing that, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, I guess in the real world or in the world of success, you could say I was doing okay. So did that for three years. And I was telling you this before, just before we got online here, that I had this draw that I needed to go to a conference, like a, a self-development, self-help, whatever you want to call it. And started looking around and, <clears throat> you know, you, you hear the name Tony Robbins. Uh, and the gentleman that I was really drawn to early in my career, we used to have these, um, when you went on road trips for work, they had these series of tapes that you would listen to, mm -hmm. like a cassette, I'm dating myself, you put a cassette tape in, <laughs> yeah. self-help, right? Yeah. <laughs> and um, one of the gentlemen that I listened to was Jack Canfield. And I thought, I wonder if he has a conference that I could go to. And he did. And it was seven days in the desert in Arizona in August. And you know me, I am not a summer person. So <laughs> I must have really wanted to go to this conference. It was hot. <laughs> um, and Christine, that conference changed my life. Huh? So what, what do you feel like really shifted for you in that week that you were away? I was given the, I don't know if I was given it or I I don't know how it happens at these things, but you're in this room with 400 people who are all trying to be better, whether that's better at making money or better parent or better something. Like they're trying to be better. So you're collectively surrounded by all this amazing energy. And I felt like I can do this. I can actually go to school. I can finish that degree. I know that I can do that. I walked away with the confidence knowing that I could do it. Mm. And I don't, I can't tell you why. Mm. It just, it, I don't know. It was just amazing. Mm. So... 2009, I, uh, my boss called me into his office and he's like, yeah, we're going to get rid of all the consultants at the end of the year. Um, we happily hire you as an employee, but um, you can't be a consultant anymore. And I'm like, okay, uh, let me think about it. So I walked away. And I don't know if you and I have talked about this before, but I think sometimes we need to have the space to think about things and to think about them on our own without telling them to other people mm. have we we maybe have well I think that's really important like we rely so much on the feedback of others and they can tend to impact our decision making and like what our inner compass is really driving us toward and we tend to make decisions based on what other people think instead of what we really want for us so in this instance I thought I think maybe now's the time for me to go back to school but I'm not telling anybody. Like mm. I've got three or four months now in this contract that are left. I'm going to kind of start doing research and I'm not going to tell anybody because, you know, chances are I'm probably not going to do it. Let's face it. Like that, whatever. So history would tell me <laughs> that I'm trying again, but I'm not going to complete this thing. Exactly. <laughs> right. If we look back. <laughs> so I called Laurier and I, I kind of made the decision. If they give me all the credits that I have, or that I have completed, if they let me carry that forward, then I think I'm going to give this a go. So sure enough, called them. Yep, you have four credits out of 20. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> um, okay, so I think I'm really, I think I'm going to at least go back and take a couple of courses. So right around Christmas time, I told my husband, I think I'm, you know, contract's ending, I'm going to go back to school. And he's very supportive. That Christmas holiday... We went to visit my mom. She was having a party. And uh, 
She didn't know I was going back. She pronounced to somebody at the party, yep, this is my daughter, the failure. And she said it just like that. Stop it, Barb. She said those words? She said it. She said she couldn't make it. She couldn't cut it in university. And I didn't say anything. Like I was like, I don't, like, I don't even know what to say to that. So we're driving home and my husband's like, I can't believe you didn't stand up for yourself. You know, you, you have a successful life, you know, with a great home life. You've got a great career. Like, how are you a failure? Like, he was, he was really great, I have to say. So <laughs> now it kind of gets funny. So we go, we're going to Laurier because I got to sign up, right? I got to re-register and everything. And he's like, you are not going alone. <laughs> I'm taking you. So <laughs> off we go. And I had my heart set on taking Spanish. And so I go get everything registered and then I go and I have my code because you have to be in like this is before things are easy online. Yeah. And uh, I think or at least I thought they weren't easy anyway. um, So I'm trying to register for this course in Spanish and I can't I can't register. So I walk over to him. I I can't register. Let's just go. He's like, nope, you are not going. We're going to go talk to the lady. We're going to go talk to the man who's ever at the desk. We're going to figure this out. Well, I couldn't register for the course because it was a year-long course, and this was in January I was starting, so you needed to go from September. So fine. So we find a couple of courses I register for, cultural studies and film studies, because it's like, okay, i got to take something that I'm not going to quit. I'm going to take something that's interesting. So off we go. I register and I actually went to class and I started to like it. Mm. And I went to see one of my professors that first term. And uh, I was asking about something. I think I was missing a class or something. And he said, why are you here? Because I'm older than him, right? Like, think about that. Mm. <laughs> um, what are you doing here? And I, so I told him my story. And, you know, he's kind of shaking his head and he's, you could see the wheels are turning. He's like, you know, you don't need to be here. Like, it's great that you're here, but you don't need to be here. He didn't say that out loud. He was, you could just sort of see the wheels turning. And then he said, well, I guess soon you're going to have a new story to tell. Hmm. And I thought, that has stuck with me since, well, that was 2010 when I went back. And so I took those two courses. I f- finished them. I passed them. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to finish this. I won't say the word, but I'm going to finish this degree. This fucking degree. <laughs> And um, I'm only, I'm going to do a three-year degree. I'm going to do a general arts degree because it doesn't matter. I, I don't need this degree to do anything in my career. I need it just because I need to finish it. Mm. So um, I went 16 months straight, full-time. So I, and I finished it in August of 2011. And then I actually graduated in October of 2011. But something funny happened in September. So... I'm at home. I'm not going to school. I'm not really working. I'm kind of, you know, waiting till I graduate and then I'll figure out what I'm going to do. And a courier, there, someone came to the door with a courier package and it's from Laurier. And I'm thinking, oh no, I failed. <laughs> right? Like I, they're taking, I'm not graduating. Like this is just re- the way it's going to be. <laughs> like you just kind of in your mind. Mm. And no, I actually won an award for the highest grade in something. And they wanted to know if I was going to be there. And it was like, wow. Like, Talk about coming a long way. And uh, that day that I got my degree was like probably the proudest day of my life. Mm. Crazy, right? Silly thing that's not really going to do anything for me 
when you when you talk about success, like we were talking about before, mm. it doesn't matter. Like success is, its definition is different for everyone. But to me, I really needed to do that. Mm. Well, like I feel too, like I hear a lot of how you were hearing for so long that without this degree, you were a failure, right? I wonder if there was almost like a part of your, call it inner child, you know, part of you that was like, no, 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 damn it. Like I'm going to finish this thing because I'm not a failure. Almost like, oh, what's the word I'm even looking for? Just like a way to almost revive that in yourself. Like I'm not going to leave this behind and let that definition rule me. I'm going to do it and complete it. And then that won't be held over my head, you know? Like I I just go back to the fact that your mom even said that in the first place. So, you know, it's because I think I want to pause here for a second and just say like it's funny because actually you and I were chatting before the podcast episode and, you know, we were talking about how our parents and our parents' parents, like everybody has had a different experience in life. And um, the generation before us is less aware than the generation we're in, right? It's like, so for example, my son, who's now 16, is way more aware, self-aware at 16 than I ever was, (laughs) like even in my early 30s, right? So he's, he's starting way in advance of where I was. And my awareness as a parent is much greater than what the awareness of my parents were, right? Because like I think about, you know, times like, and mom, don't worry, I don't, I, it's okay, I still love you. But like, she, you know, I would ask like, does my butt look big in these jeans? And she's like, yep, it looks as wide as a door. Like every single time I would ask her what my butt looked like in a pair of jeans. And so like, she didn't know that saying those words over and over again to me was painful and hurtful and made me feel bad, Right. She didn't know that that was being hurt, like that that was hurting me, but she kept saying it. And then what did I do? I grew up thinking I had like the largest ass, (laughs) (laughs) right? But like even in my most fit times of my life, when I've been in the best shape of my life, I'm always worried that my ass looks big. And like, it's like, that's insane to think about how we are impacted by words of other people. So it's like, I just wanted to bring light to that because it's like, first of all, we are not defined by other people. And oftentimes we're trained in that way. We are taught that way. It's like, you know, what mom says goes or what dad says goes. And I, these are people that I look up to. They're people that I listen to and they must be right. Right. Uh And then there's this time where we come back into ourselves and, you know, even though maybe you did complete the degree because you wanted to prove her wrong. Right. Maybe there was some piece of that in you. Maybe you just wanted to do it for you. But like at the end of the day, you're sitting here in this moment being able to reflect on these 27 years that, you know, you kept going for this thing and then you eventually did it. And now it's like it's just this piece of paper and I do this thing that I love. Right. And I just think that it's such a, it's such a something to reflect on. It's an experience to reflect on because I would imagine that many people that are listening to this right now, that there's something, if they thought about it, you know, for a minute, they'd probably recollect something that they were told often. That was something they were bad at or could never be, right? Like, and this is where we get these ideas in our mind of like, what's possible for us? And you took that and you went in a completely different direction with it. Yeah. And I just, I needed to, and it was that Jack Canfield conference that really, it just, I came home from that. Like I can do anything Mm. and this is what I want to do and Mm. I'm going to do it. Uh, At some point I'm going to do it, damn it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and it's like you were developing more or new proof for yourself that it was possible. So it's like, you know, I think too, again, when we either don't believe in ourselves, like I think initially, you know, my feeling is that when you went to veterinarian school, this was not something that was a passion of yours. You didn't want to do it. So no fucking wonder you left because you, you had no interest in it, right? It's well, like, and I was homesick. Like, let's be fair. Okay, like, fair. I, yep. First I time away from homesick. home. Yep. 
It was But not. like also it's like this thing like, you know, um, I can relate to a degree because when I was in high school, I didn't do well in high school. I spent more of my time in high school skipping classes to hang out with people, play cards in the cafeteria, um, and heard a lot through my life that I was dumb, that I wasn't smart. And my grades, of course, reflected that that was true because I never showed up to class. I had no interest in being there. I thought it was boring. I thought what the people were talking, I couldn't get into it. There were a couple classes I loved, probably not so shocking, like drama. I loved drama <laughs> and I loved music and I loved a couple of those classes, but when it came to science or math or history, like I was just like, I'm out and I didn't want to go. And so I actually left high school without a diploma. I was three credits short. Wow. And so, but I carried that with me for most of my life thinking that I was dumb, that I wasn't smart. School wasn't for me. Right. Mm -hmm. And then that was also, um, again, it's like all these stages and levels of proof that you're something, right? It's like you hear these stories and then you do something that supports that story. So it furthers your belief in that story that you tell yourself or that had started from somebody else telling you, and now you believe it because there's proof that I'm not good enough for this, right? <laughs> yep. Or that I'm not smart enough for this or whatever. And what's really fascinating is like, um, you know, a little bit different than your story, but a similar sort of motivation, I would say, um, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but when I went back to school at 33, I had just become a single mom. Maybe I was 34. I had just become a single mom. So I had like a three-year-old at the time. And I had never really done anything with my life. It was like, I didn't think I was smart. I, you know, had now I was unsuccessful in relationship. Now I was a single mom, right? Like all of these things were piling up. Again, proof, just like your mm -hmm. proof. Yeah. I was getting the proof that I was not, I was not worthy of anything more. And um, I remember like looking through, you know, newspaper ads and trying to figure out like, what would I do? Like, if I could just pick anything, what would it be? Like, what, what even draws my interest? And I remember every ad that had something that was of interest was like related to sales or public relations or something along that line. I had been in sales for years previous to this. And I remember thinking, huh, public relations, I want to check that out. So I remember looking at the course and finding out, first of all, it required no math skills to go <laughs> into PR. And I was like, whoo, hot stuff. Like, this is totally for me because there's no fucking math and there's no science. Like, this is beautiful, right? But... Um, but at the time, and like, I know my parents meant well, but like, I didn't get any support from my family to go back to school. You know, I, I, they thought that I was crazy to go back to school. They're like, but you didn't do well. And again, reiterating that belief that I had in myself, you didn't do well then. What makes you think that you're going to do well now? Now, I don't think that they understood the words that were coming out of their mouth and how impactful they were. But instead of, you know, preventing me from going, I chose to go. Good for you. And I left school with honors. Yeah, Of course you did. Because... A, I was motivated by somebody who told me I couldn't do something and I'm pretty pig-headed and bullheaded. And maybe that's a, those are probably two terrible phrases I should probably eradicate from my vocabulary. But <laughs> I was determined to do it because they, were, they kept telling me that I couldn't. And I feel like there's this, I feel this anyways with you. It's like, you know, enough of other people telling me that this is impossible for me. You're not going to label me with being a failure. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if it was so much that, that she didn't think I could do it. It was that I didn't do it. Mm. because it, for the opposite was for, true for me. So in high school, in grade school, high school, I was part of a group called the Brainers because I was with all these people that were really smart. And I think I got good grades because I was associated with this group. Mm. And, you know, I was involved in student government. People like me, teachers like me. So I got the benefit of the doubt when it came to grades. So I think I was given this status of you're pretty clever 
without maybe really doing all the work hmm. in high school. Interesting. So kind of the opposite. So I think my mom was really disappointed that you have all this ability. Like, why, you know, why are you not doing it? <laughs> you know, she's... But interesting that the approach was to, like, embarrass you in front of other people and and define you in front of other people. Yeah. And it had nothing to do with them. Exactly. And it was hard, like, to hear... When you hear that, well, you know, when you hear something like that, it's like, wow, really? Is that what you think of me? And and I didn't, I couldn't, like I said, I couldn't even respond to it. Mm. Thankfully, my husband, like, wow, you know, he's just like, don't, like, don't listen to that. Although he'll tell you today, so you used to blame me for that. I didn't do it. It was your family. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story. <laughs> well, you know what? Like, lesson learned, though. Like, and, and the thing is, like, this is the thing about, you know, growth is that, Sometimes we have to try things, maybe it's seven or eight times before we, <laughs> right? We yeah. find our way in it. And yeah. maybe our reasons change or our purpose changes or whatever. It doesn't even matter. It's like you can keep kicking the can. And failure is like, you know, we've turned it into a bad word in our society, in our culture. It's like, it's not a bad word. It just means that it means that you tried something. Yes. And yeah. if you didn't complete it or you didn't finish it or you didn't do awesome at it, it just means that at that moment in time or that thing wasn't for you. And then if you go back and you try something again and it doesn't work out, it just means it wasn't the timing. It wasn't the right thing for you. Right. It's like we're often motivated to do things for different reasons than what's really for us. And so. And I think to to me anyway, until you decide, until I decided that I was going to do this, mm. it didn't matter what anyone else said. Yeah. I needed to decide. Just like if somebody wants to run a marathon nobody's going to tell you christine you should start training if you you know you're going to go do the marathon like you need to be the one i want to do this i want to run 26 miles because i'm crazy but you know <laughs> you've got to make that decision for yourself nobody else can uh, nobody can I, I don't like the word bully but they can't even coerce you mm. into doing something that you really don't want to do to complete something mm. so i think i just needed to get there and like yes i'm gonna do this damn thing and i did Hey, I just want to interrupt this episode here quickly for a second because I was, you know, listening back to this episode while I was doing some edits. And um, I loved how Barb talked about at one point she had this draw to go to a personal development conference. She just knew that she wanted more for herself. She wanted, there was something more in her and she really wanted just to discover more of what was possible for her. And so she, you know, went and sourced it out and found something and went for this like seven day immersive, you know, experience where uh, she left feeling kind of on top of the world and started going after the things that she really wanted to do. And, you know, it got me thinking about Bloom, the Bloom event coming up on March 23rd that I'm hosting with three other fantastic hosts, Marangelica Ferreira, Kim Basler, and Andrea Mondo. And the four of us together in the Waterloo region are pulling our resources and pulling our energy and bringing women into a room where they can be inspired to go after more of what they want to. And to recognize that they're not alone in how they feel, how they've been holding themselves back, how they've been, you know, letting the things that run through our heads stop us from doing the things that we really want to move forward on or maybe it's even things that we don't even we're not even aware of yet because we we catch ourselves in this limited headspace we don't allow ourselves to you know dream beyond that or to um, get curious beyond that that borderline because we've never really been encouraged to and the biggest thing about getting into a room just like what Barb did just going into that room and being surrounded by other people that want shift and change in 
their life, you know, helped her make those changes. Because when you get yourself in that energy, you can't help yourself, but make some shifts that are really good for you. So I just thought, what a what a really neat opportunity to just talk about the Bloom event and remind you that there are some tickets still available. In fact, if you use the code BLOOM10, you can save 10% off your ticket. This is an investment for you and it's an investment to improve your life and it's an investment to, you know, really take yourself from where you are right now and catapult yourself into the next space for you because it's out there for you. And I believe that it's in there for you. And, um, and I know that you've got more, you know, in the tank. I know that you've got something that's on your heart that you really want to go after and you have, just haven't done it yet. And being in that room full of women for a whole day, you know, surrounded by that kind of energy of women who want more and are there to connect and, um, and feel more deeply and to lean in to what's possible. I mean, just imagine what's possible from attending an event like that. So I'm going to pop the details in the show notes, but if you visit thebloomevent.com, you can check out all the details there. Feel free to message me anything else if you have any questions. And of course, use the code BLOOM10. Save yourself 10%. There's a few tickets on there left. Um, You know, run, don't walk. (laughs) It's coming up soon as this podcast releases. You know, we're maybe five weeks away from the event and I really want to see you in those seats. So um, I can't wait to see you there. And thanks for the opportunity to just chat with you a little bit about the Bloom event that I think you're really going to love. Okay, but now back to the episode. That's I'm so proud of you. It's like, um, you know, again, just just like you say, making that decision in the time that was right for you. And and I should mention, sorry, I, I didn't, I thought I forgot this, but I know how lucky I am that I could go back to school full time for those two years because mm. not everybody can. Mm. And and. I wouldn't want somebody to be hearing this thinking, well, you know, I can't do that. Mm. Um, I just know that I'm really lucky that when I finally put my mind to it, I actually could do it. Yeah. And I know that that's not necessarily. Well, but then there are like, but there are ways to do things. They may be different. Like I always say, there's not one way to do any one thing, right? It's like there are various approaches somebody could take. So when I went back to school, I certainly as a single mom was not in a financial position to go back to school for two years full time. Right. Oh, that's true. So I ended up like, you know, applying for OSAP and was supported that way and was able to make it through those two years. Right. I was going to continue and get a degree. But then I was like, ah, fuck this. I'm done. I got to get out of here. Like I need to go out and actually make some money. I'm a single mom for Christ's sake. Right. But I don't regret a minute of it. And even though now I'm not doing PR or communication work. It, it was a part of, you know, it's funny, I always say to people, and I don't know, maybe you can feel this in some way, maybe it's different for you, but um, that if you were to look at my resume, you would think that I just bounced around a lot and did a bunch of different things and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense maybe to an outsider. But for me, I was collecting all these different skills that I started to use in my own business, that I started to use in my own personal life. And as I grew, all of these little pieces became a part of what is today, right? Without all of those pieces along the way, without that experience, I wouldn't be who I am today, I wouldn't be where I am today. And I feel like that's the same for you. Imagine if your life was different and raising those two kids at the same time and going back to school full time, like your life would have been very different. Yeah, it wouldn't have happened because I would have quit. <laughs> <laughs> As I demonstrated, I, I just, um, but yeah, you're right. And I think that it's, I, I could make excuse after excuse about quitting and st- starting and stopping and whatever. 
And I probably have made every excuse under the sun for why I did it the way I did it. Mm. But at the end of the day, you're right. I wouldn't be where I am if I hadn't. And I always say that, well, the degree doesn't really mean anything. And it's not true. Um, One of the consulting firms I worked for after I graduated only hired people with university degrees, Mm. regardless of the fact that it, it meant it had nothing to do with IT. But they, that was kind of their claim to fame. So it did help me mm. a little bit down the road mm-hmm. and uh, brought me to some experiences I wouldn't have had. Yeah. So it's all good. Yeah. Well, and I think that this landscape is starting to shift a lot too, right? Where there's so much information and learning capability out there now that's not necessarily in the institution of school, right? So there are a lot of people that can learn differently. But, but the point is that it worked for you in that time going back and getting that was important to you and that it did help you in the career now like I mean I know that you love what you do you probably like you were saying earlier you're like you know I'm working 35 hours a week and that's enough for me but you're but you love every minute of what you're doing right and um you know it's like we don't know until we try and you know so many people I think it's like um we often think, oh, well, it's too late for me. I've passed my prime or, you know, um, I'm going to be the oldest person in the class. Like I know I certainly felt that when I went back to school in my thirties, like ever, they called me mama C, (laughs) right? Like they'd come to me with their boy problems and like all these things. And I'm like, oh my God. But like they were 19, 20 years old. There's a very different experience when you're in your thirties going back to school or later in life. Right. So, um, I just, I commend you for, you know, continuing and and persevering and doing what felt important to you to do for whatever reason it was. And, um, you know, I think the message here for anybody listening is like, you know, you got to do what's on your heart to do, no matter what the reason is for you. Like if you feel like this draw or pull to do something, do it. Exactly. Because, you know, we got one chance at life. Like this is it. We're in it. Right. This is there's no practice run. Like we're <laughs> we're doing the thing. Right. <laughs> for sure. For sure. And and so the, I was 46 mm-hmm. when I finished that um, undergrad and uh, my mom got quite ill and uh, she passed away in 2014. Mm-hmm. And while she was in the midst of her illness, I thought, OK, I'm going to need to do something. Um, that's going to keep my mind really busy because like you and I were talking before I'm one of those people I have to have my brain has to be engaged all the time or I start thinking about things I don't want to think about blah blah Mm. blah I actually went back and did a master's degree (laughs) if you can believe it and I did it quickly and um, I had not not even close to the satisfaction on that day when I graduated versus the day of my undergrad which Mm. is kind of funny right like I have a master's in communication which I think would be at least written worth the piece of paper that it's written on maybe not but (laughs) maybe um but it didn't mean nearly what that undergrad did Mm. and so I graduated doing that at 50 Mm. and so that came to mind so I I didn't even think about that degree until you started talking about how old you were so now I'm you know I'm 50 49 50 years old now I'm going to school with people that are that much younger than me it's like oh my god but you're right like it's it's about where you are and what you're doing and and the choices that you're making and and uh, I don't regret it. I mean, I, I, if I had to go back, like you said before, would you do it differently? It's like, I probably would have tried to stick it out a little bit longer or maybe taken a different career path or maybe done computer science right out of high school. Like, who knows? But mm. Well, and I think, too, like, um, you know, uh, there's, I mean, there's not a whole ton of age difference between us, but there's a little time between us. But it's like the, 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 um, the, the consistent message has been, it's like, oh, my God, I just lost my train of thought. What was I going to say? it's gone (laughs) this happens sometimes um shoot what was I gonna say oh it's like that um 
basically we're not taught to like, you know, listen to in what's inside of us, like not listen to like, Ooh, this feels good for me. And I'm really drawn and interested in doing that thing. Like now I think that's changing, right? Like my son wants to do the things that feel good for him and that he's interested in. He's already considering that. It's not like I have to go to school. It's that I really love this thing and I want to learn more about this thing and do more of this thing because it excites me, right? Whereas like we weren't taught that. We were like, I remember it was like, what are you going to be? And there was like a box of ideas. like, And in that box was I'm going to be a nurse or I'm going to be a vet or I'm going to be whatever it was, right? It, it was it was a box of ideas that you got to choose from or chose to maybe of those options contort yourself to fit into whatever that was. And now and even in your you know later life going back to school and doing this for you and getting into a career that you really love and doing something you really enjoy. It's like you're doing you're following what's in you to do instead of what's in the box. Right. And um, I just think it's really I mention it because I think it's really important for, for people to hear as they're listening that it doesn't matter what you've been through. No, not that it doesn't matter what you've been through before, but whatever you've been told before, there's always room and opportunity to create new rules for yourself and rules maybe isn't the right word, but create, you know, new opportunities yeah. for yourself and, and to overcome what we believe about ourselves or what we've proven to ourselves before we can shift gears and do something totally different and, and change the trajectory of everything at any time. Absolutely. And I think that, um, so often, and I hope this is changing, but you know, when you meet somebody for the first time, you say, what do you do? Mm. And we try, or I try to say, how do you spend your days Mm. as opposed to, because we define ourselves by, you know, our career or, or whatever that successful thing is that we think we are like I have a girlfriend who refers to herself as a domestic goddess she's a stay-at-home mom it's like (laughs) good for you like that's fantastic right that's who you are and but how do you spend your days is really more telling right that you're I spend my day enjoying working with clients doing x or I am a gym rat and that's how I spend my days like it doesn't matter are Mm. you fulfilling are you happy Mm. Uh, or are you fulfilled or are you helping other people or Mm -hmm. I think those things are so important I agree I agree a hundred percent. And, uh, I'm so glad that you chose to come here and have this conversation with me. How do you feel now that we've already had this talk and that we're, I'm still freaking out. (laughs) (laughs) This is not my, uh, this is not my comfort zone for sure. I even get nervous. I have zoom meetings or not zoom, zoom and teams meetings every day. And I'm still nervous even to the, like I've been doing this work for 30 years and it's like, Oh my God. (laughs) You know what though? I think you did really well. Thank you. And, um, and I know that it's not like, this isn't something that comes naturally for people. And even as somebody who likes to talk and be in front of a microphone, like I struggled at the beginning to get comfortable with it. So, but every time we do something that we're not comfortable in, we grow, right? It expands us. Yes, absolutely. And I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep telling myself that. That That's good. (laughs) Yeah. You're proving to yourself that you can do hard things, proving to yourself that you can do things differently. Um, and on that note, like I, is there anything that, um, you would like to leave with whoever's listening, um, or any way that they can, I don't know, connect with you, find your cards. Like how can they connect with you in any other way? Oh yeah. So, um, I, in, I, in 2022, I remember calling you saying, Christina, I have this idea. What do you think? Blah, blah, blah. About creating a greeting card company. So I create cheeky greeting cards and 
certainly not any way to make money because anybody who does this sort of thing knows that you make about five cents an hour <laughs> doing your work. But you like to create, I like to do it because I like to create cards. So mm. I did create this uh, cheeky greeting card line and it's called No Regrets Greetings. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook. So. I love this. And actually, I think I just want to interject by saying like, it's funny how we didn't even come to that. Yeah. Um, because... You know, I hear people say all the time when they're, especially when they're in technical careers and they think that they're not creative. They think that there's nothing creative about what they do and that's just not their wheelhouse. And I would say like there's an inner child in all of us. There is a creator in all of us. And often it just hasn't been, you know, like brought up or brought out or encouraged. So we believe like these stories we tell ourselves over and over because somebody else has told us once is that we're not creative. So I love, like, I remember having that conversation with you and I remember just hearing your voice on the phone, like you were so excited about it and, <laughs> and you were like, what do you think? And I was like, if it feels good, you got to do it. Right. Like what, what, right. Like I was like, I'm, I'm a full, I'm a big supporter of like, if your gut says do, if your heart is pulling you in a direction, you got to listen, right? Because again, we're only here once, right? It's like, you don't want to be on your deathbed being like, oh man, like I really want to do all these things and I never did any of them. Like nobody wants to go out that way, right? So it's like, we're, we're here to live and to make the best of every day. And your cheeky greeting cards certainly make it... (laughs) A little more interesting. That's what I'm going to say. Um, I love them. I think they're such a, an awesome creative outlet for you. And um, and I love how you're blending those two things in your life. You know, it's like clearly you're not doing it for the money, but you're doing it for this draw and passion and, you know, desire to be more creative and in your way. So I love that. And I'll leave you with the my fav, one of my favorite cards. And I just came to mind while you were saying that. So it's a congratulations card. And I don't know if anybody on, who's listening has gone to St. Jacob's Market. There's a vendor there who creates things out of iron, mm. uh, sort of uh, bends them into shapes. And they had all these ducks with made of these this iron and these stones. So I took a picture because all the pics of, um, cards are photography based. So I took a picture of the, the ducks in a row. And so on the front of it, it says, congratulations, all your ducks are in a row. And on the inside, it says, but looks can be deceiving. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> with that. Oh, and by the way, they're not ducks. They're geese. <laughs> Somebody told me that after the fact. And I thought, should I change it? No, it kind of makes it even funny. Totally <laughs> makes it funny. It's so, yeah. And like that, it's interesting because we all feel like, we're all somehow doing it wrong or we don't have things in the right order or we feel like we're all disorganized. Like, listen, I've said this a million times in this podcast and none of us know what the fuck we're doing, right? That's for sure. It is a one foot in front of the other and um, and that's life. And we just need to like have a little more grace for ourselves and have a little more fun with ourselves to like, you know, explore. Well, and be able to laugh at yourself, right? Yeah. Because, yeah, we all do goofy things. Yeah. And if you take yourself too seriously, life is not fun. No, it's so true. It's not fun. It's so true. Oh my gosh. Thank you again so much for coming and chatting with me. Thanks for having me at Sunshine Island with the (laughs) beautiful yellow and gray. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) It's been an absolute pleasure. And for everybody listening, I'll be sure to keep all of the details in the notes where you can find Barb and her sassy, cheeky greeting cards um, and anything else about Barb. And just, of course, as a reminder, you got to follow that heart of yours. So whatever's tugging at you, I know you've been listening to this episode thinking, huh, there's this thing I've always wanted to do and I haven't done it yet. This is your invitation to go and start. It doesn't mean you have to have it all figured out. It doesn't mean you have to know what the end's going to look like, but you can just step one foot in front of the other and give it a try because you never know, right? You never know. Okay, I've got one more thing for you before you leave. When I was chatting with Barb shortly after recording this episode, she wanted me to be sure that you knew that despite the fact that her mom 
maybe called her a failure and said some things that weren't so friendly that really at the end of the day, she loved her mom and she was a really awesome lady and didn't want to leave a bad impression with you about her relationship with her mom. So I just wanted to share that with you in honor of Barb, who was willing to come and share her story with us about her 27 year degree, which is so awesome. And I just want to thank you again for dropping in, having a listen, and hopefully we'll see you again next time. Thank you for listening to this episode. I'd like to invite you to hit the follow button on this podcast so you'll be notified when the next one drops. And if you liked this episode, please leave a review as it will help others to find this message. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at It's Me Christine D. Or if you'd like to connect about being a guest on the show, ask me about group or one-on-one joy and mindset coaching, learn more about the Joy Project community, or consider hiring me for your next speaking engagement, please visit itsmechristined.ca. Thank you again, and I'll see you next time.